Let's welcome tonight's guest. He's young, fun, and a Harvard alum. His new book is called How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. DailyWire.com editor-in-chief, Ben Shapiro. He makes more sense than an arcade change maker. Washington Times opinion editor and Fox News contributor, Charlie Hurt. Her biceps look like flea bites on a wet piece of spaghetti. Host of Sincerely Cat on Fox Nation. Look at that, Cat Tim. And a Ferris wheel is his unicycle. My ma- massive sidekick and host sidekick and host of Nuff Said on Fox Nation, Tyrus. All right, Ben. Uh, what was your take on the hearings? How is this good for America? Well, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, I-, I think that we did see some new pretzeling. I, I didn't know that people could fit their heads so far up their own asses it started to come out their face again. But we, we did see that repeatedly from, from these Democrats who are sitting there and making fools of themselves. I've, I've never seen anybody try to reclaim their time from a witness. That's actually not in the Roberts Rules of Order. You can reclaim your time from another congressperson. You can't do it from a witness. In an attempt to shut up a witness you're asking a question to just makes you look idiotic. But I guess when you're so used to looking idiotic, then a little bit more doesn't hurt. Yeah, that's, that's true. And they keep doing it. Every hearing gets kind of worse. Charlie, I don't think I could hate a group of people more. I hated the pe- I hated the the violent activists in Portland, but I think I hate these people more than I hate the violent activists. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I think I share that uh, condemnation with you. Uh, no, but I, I do think that it's an indication of just how effective Bill Barr has been. You, <clears throat> the big tell with these people, these Democrats in Congress, is always you can always tell who it is that they fear the most by who it is that they attack the most ridiculous. Ridiculously, the way they attacked Donald Trump, for example, or the way they attacked George W. Bush back in two, uh, 2004. They called him a war criminal. They called him. They called Dick Cheney a war criminal. The more ridiculous the attacks, the more effective that person is. And nobody in the Trump administration has been more effective than Bill Barr. He, he, he the, the, you know, the reason that Bill Barr has done what he's done is because he's trying to protect. Uh, protesters' right to free speech, right to free assembly. We, we, but you can't do that if you have people firebombing police stations, blinding police officers, and burning down storefronts. Yeah. You know, Tyrus, I always, like, I, whenever we, I look at these situations, I always envision this fantasy of you being involved in the situation, <laughs> like in the riots uh, from <laughs> we were talking last week. In this case, I would, I w- what would have happened if someone denied you, if Nadler denied you the opportunity of going to the bathroom. What would you have done? Oh, they would have got a special show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have. I would. I wouldn't have taken me on that one either. I would have stood at attention and um, see this. And I would have told them why it takes me five minutes. They would have. It would have been a minute. It would have been an awkward, awkward long yes. five minutes. That's the only thing yes. I wish that uh, the AG would have said. You know what? I tried to be cool saying it was lunch, but uh, yeah, excuse me, <laughs> you know, um, and leave his mic on when he does it. But it just it you know the the seriousness of this. Besides me peeing on the on the in front of the house, um, yes, is that they're painting this picture. The country they're painting this picture. Mm-hmm. We're getting that look of this totalitarian, uh, totalitarian government. You know, they're against the people. They're using the police as stormtroopers, uh, not pr- actually protecting mm-hmm. federal buildings. And, and uh, that, 
that narrative is starting to get a lot of traction. People are just seeing where it looks right. like the the evil bar and the evil President Trump and anyone who supports them uh, doesn't care about the people during a time when we're in the middle of a pandemic where everyone should be caring about the people. So we have to be real careful with how we responded. I think Barr did a good job considering he was literally accused of everything except uh, <laughs> spreading coronavirus himself. You know, uh, that's the only thing yeah. that we didn't get at the end was uh, connecting him. Because when you argue with ignorant, you can't because they can connect anything. You know, so uh, that's it was true. Really, just disf- it was really unfortunate to watch. I think it would have been better if he would have peed on him. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kat, um, you're a libertarian. Yes. Uh, when you're watching this, does that make you more of a libertarian or an anarchist or just violent? Yeah. Oh, I've been an anarchist for years. I just say libertarian so I can keep this job. No, um, I'm kidding, right? And that's the entire point. That's yes. the entire point. Because look at Democrats. Like, why are you handling this this way? I mean, civil liberties? We don't have... I'm a huge advocate for civil liberties. I get called radical for how big of an advocate I am for civil liberties. Burning buildings down is not among those liberties, right? Any one of them could have said, hey, things are bad in Portland. Still, let's not let this distract us from the need for criminal justice reform, from the need for police reform, which we also do need. And those are two issues that I've been passionate about for years as well. But they don't do that. They can't do that. They just say, it's all good in Portland. Everything's fine in Portland. When we can all see videos of things on fire. And it it, it really just distracts Mm -hmm. from the real conversation. If they really do care about these issues, let's focus on the solutions and talk about it in a real way. You're just politicizing. And the way that you're doing it is just so stupid because we have eyeballs. I I don't call anything okay if anything's, you know, even starting to smoke, uh, you know, engulfed in flames. That's not okay. Yeah. I'm just noticing that uh, for some reason tonight, Kat is using her hands a lot more when talking. It's just so weird. Hell froze froze over. Don't forget. (laughs) Congrats. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll talk about everything from the partisan food fight in Washington to the nation's hottest new CrossFit craze, which is tearing down statues. Listen live weekdays at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Does each passing summer become more of a bummer? A new survey finds that the average person had the best summer of their life when they were just 14 years old. That's like 30 years ago for Kat. About two-thirds of Americans say summer loses its magic as we get older. Once you add in adult responsibilities like getting a job. But most say the best part of those young summers was having, quote, spontaneous adventures with friends. (laughs) I can relate. When I was 14, I toured with uh, new kids on the block. I was the only uh, one with chest hair. Anyway, lots of people say they hope to recreate some of their favorite childhood activities this year. Stuff like camping in the woods or swimming in a pool and dismembering and dissolving a drifter you you met while riding a boxcar through Lexington, Kentucky in 1986. All right, Kat. Uh, what was your, what's your favorite summer and why? You know, it's hard to pick one favorite, right? They all Get have the point. They have their good and bad. Like 2016, I was in this horrible situationship with this guy that was lying to me and didn't like me. He was abusive and all this other trauma going on. However, that was also the summer when we were all playing Pokemon Go. And I loved when we were all 
while playing Pokemon Go. So it's like trauma, Pokemon <laughs> Go. You know, and it's like this one, there's been good things. You know, there have been adventures for me emotionally. Like how far can the state of the world, you know, push me before mm. I mentally break? That's been an adventure. So, you know, good and bad mm -hmm. all around. Uh, I like to not be cold outside. Summer's the best. Okay. Uh, the end. All right, Ben. Ben, what's your take? Best summer? Well, definitely wasn't when I was a teenager because I was already in college and being beaten up. So I'm going to go with when I became an adult and grew from being five foot two to being a solid, stocky five foot nine. Finally got married and then had a life. I'll probably go with that. So anytime in the last 12 years. But yeah, childhood wasn't great for me. Sorry. That's a, I forgot about that. You spent your childhood in college where people who were in college acted like children. You were like the adult. You were like Michael J. Fox on steroids. <laughs> I was the same height, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, uh, what was your favorite summer and why? I was not in college uh, when I was a, uh, a young man, I mean, to be sure. Okay. Um, college was not good for me. But when I was 14, I had mm -hmm. a great summer, uh, a really great summer when I was 14. But if I had to pick the best summer, I would probably say this summer is the best summer of my life. Uh, kids are home. I mean, there have been a lot of challenges, obviously, and a lot of misery. But uh, kids are home. Uh, I've probably done more fishing with my kids than I've done since I became an adult. Uh, it's been sort of, mm -hmm. uh, sort of an unexpected blessing in a lot of ways. Interesting. The glass half full, so to speak, in my case, with scotch. Tyrus, yeah. favorite summer and why? Uh, before I start, first of all, congratulations, Kat, on being, getting engaged. Um, you, you can let it go now. You're engaged. No, I'm you're not going to let it go. <laughs> let it go. It's, it's over. It's, you're, you're home clean. You're in the home. You're good. You know? Uh, but uh, I always went fishing it's in the summertime on the Kern River. Minutes. Camping. You know, just let it, you let it go, Kat. But uh, camping in the Kern River when I was 14 was fun. Uh, but, you know, honestly, all my summers keep getting better. The, I, the more grown you get and the more money you make, you have way more fun. So, and the cool thing right. is, you had to have summer when you were a kid stuck in school. It's summer all year round for me now. I travel the world. So I'm on summer vacation yeah. permanently, and then I show up on Friday <laughs> for about 30 to 35 minutes, talk some bull. <laughs> Well, you guys get a paycheck and go back to my summer vacation. So I'm literally living the dream. So, you know, summers just keep getting better. You are. You are. That is true. I was going to say the best summer always is the one in which you lost your virginity. So for me, that would be 2013. Not yet for me. Amsterdam. <laughs> Thanks to Ben Shapiro. Buy his book. Charlie Hurt, Cat Timp, and Tyrus. Congratulations, Cat. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I love you, America.